This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 30th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. To bring accountability to the Federal Reserve, economist Scott Sumner proposes targeting nominal GDP over targeting interest rates. Sumner is the chair of monetary policy at the Mercatus Center. He blogs at Money Illusion. We spoke today. If you could briefly describe what you call market monetarism. Okay, market monetarism has several tenets. One is that we look at nominal GDP, which is the total dollar spending in the economy on all goods and services, as the key monetary variable to monitor and also to target. So we, we don't look, say, at low interest rates as being an easy money policy. We look at monetary policy in terms of its outcome, what kind of nominal GDP growth is being produced. And we would argue that monetary policy is most stable when nominal GDP is growing at a slow but steady rate. That's essentially the um, best policy target for the Federal Reserve. Now, that, uh, you know, that has a certain attraction to it because if you have very low interest rates – and yet people are sitting on piles of cash anyway, there's something fundamentally wrong with exactly. the system. And it's also easier to see the problem with interest rates on the high end. Uh, some of your uh, viewers may recall in the 1970s, we had very high inflation and also high nominal interest rates. Those tend to go hand in hand. So what happens is people get confused because they think of high interest rates as tight money and low interest rates as easy money. But since interest rates follow inflation, quite often it's just the opposite. A highly expansionary monetary policy creates a lot of inflation, and in the long run that raises interest rates. So we just don't think it's a reliable indicator of policy. So you propose – well, first of all, you effectively blame the Federal Reserve for the crash that we had in 08 through 09 um, and your solution to uh, that problem or the last problem I should say is targeting nominal GDP instead of targeting a, a specific interest rate. Exactly. So um, now the old monetarists favored targeting the money supply. But there, there is a problem there that the so-called velocity of money can vary. So the way market monetarists differ from people with Milton Friedman, we agree interest rates are not the right indicator, but we think nominal GDP is actually the best thing to target. So you adjust monetary policy until you expect to get, say, 3 or 5 percent, whatever the target growth rate is. The term market in market monetarists refers to the fact that we believe market indicators are the best. So we would actually, in an ideal setup, prefer the market determine interest rates and the money supply at a level that the market expects to produce on-target growth in nominal GDP. The way the Federal Reserve operates now, there's a bit of attenuation between the lever that they actually control and the outcome that they are going for, that is a specific uh, target rate. Uh, and they don't strictly directly control that because there are people in between who make decisions about about lending and, and things like that. You would argue that there is less attenuation between the lever that the Fed controls and would continue to control and this nominal GDP target? Well, one way of dealing with that that we've discussed is to create a nominal GDP futures market. And the idea there is we would get market forecasts of nominal GDP. So you're right. There is a, a long lag between moving that policy lever and actually seeing nominal GDP change in the economy. But financial markets re react very, very quickly. So if we look at the um, futures market expectation of nominal growth, 
we can see in real time what's expected to happen. If it's rising too fast, we can take measures immediately to adopt a more contractionary monetary policy to reduce expectations of growth and inflation. Just the opposite. If, if nominal GDP futures are showing a sharp crash, as they would have in late 2008, then the Fed knows they need to be more expansionary in that setting. So it, it gives the Fed a real-time indicator of whether policy is too loose or too tight. So when growth is too low, mm-hmm. uh, according to NGDP uh, desires, yes. what happens then? Well, uh, there you do ordinary expansionary monetary policy. So in a sense, there's nothing really new there. What's new is what we're trying to target and, and control. So you could do open market purchases of government securities. In my own view, the government should stick to something fairly basic like the purchase of treasury bonds because I don't like the idea of the Fed trying to sort of allocate resources in the economy by uh, investing in other assets. You know, It would be best to have a neutral monetary policy to the greatest extent possible. Um, but yeah, that's how it would work. You would buy or sell government securities to keep growth expectations on target. So the bigger problem from my perspective is when things are going very well and the economy is above the target, what makes NGDP targeting uh, different with respect to the Fed's need to Good question. Pull, to pull the brake. So if we contrast it with inflation targeting, for instance, nominal GDP targeting does better, I would argue, during uh, both sides of the cycle. When we're in a boom, typically, even if inflation is on target, nominal GDP growth would be above target. It would be too high. So if we'd had nominal GDP targeting during the tech boom of 2000 or the housing boom of 2005 and 6, monetary policy would have been contractionary. Uh, Here's one way to think about it. The growth rate in nominal GDP is inflation plus real growth, okay? So if inflation is right at 2%, but the economy is growing in real terms very strongly, the inflation targeter might not see any problem, but the nominal GDP targeter would see an excessively expanding economy, which would lead to trouble down the road. So we would have had a more contractionary policy using that indicator than the inflation targeting approach, which is currently used by the Fed during the boom years. Just the opposite during recessions, we would have been more expansionary than the Fed in 2008 and 9. Scott Sumner is chair of monetary policy at the Mercatus Center and blogs at Money Illusion. You can learn more about monetary alternatives at our website, cato.org.